0: Ready, set, hook Week one of the CFL season is in the books, and Travis Cura and Brazilian Ty are here with you to talk about week one. Man, <laughs> I, I do want to start with a shout-out to Nick Taylor, the Canadian Open, first Canadian to win it since 1954. What a putt to seal the victory. And who was the other Canadian golfer that got a Adam Hadwin. By- gets attacked by security uh after opening up the bottle of champagne <laughs> the, mike weir is. was
1: Mike Weir was in one <laughs> Corey Connors looks like his mom was in one when she was pregnant with him <laughs> seventy two feet sixty nine years nice nice uh yeah, it was wild then we go to the u s open where he's paying plus 17,500 right now. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a bit of a drop off. But no I mean, no kidding. No this, kidding. What the USGA does to a golf course for the US Open is a joke. It's not even golf, so it they don't want anybody under par. So it's it's fun to watch because one of us, one right, of us exactly, kind of thing. Exactly. But yeah. it just it gets anticlimactic after a while.
0: Speaking of golf, Tyrell cannot use his water bottle on the golf course. Uh, <laughs> Not as it's
1: currently constituted.
0: This is what it sounds like when he takes a drink from the water bottle. <laughs> it's a little early for Thanksgiving. And that, have you ever been would turkey get hunting?
1: A, That would definitely get a Jake in. I don't think I'd get a Tom, but Jake's are
0: dumb hydrating yourself at the same time
1: that'd yeah, be perfect <laughs>
0: this, is, this is amazing now uh, a lot to catch up on as i was on holidays last week i, I do feel like we, we've got a great little community on uh, youtube now and everybody's pretty nice that's uh, yeah. actually the most shocking thing of it
1: all that's maybe. that's the point that makes zero sense
0: because I usually try to avoid the youtube comment section so uh K Sizzle twenty eight sixty one says, Hey longtime listener, but first time seeing y'all face dot 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 L O L is he owed an apology.
1: <laughs> He's the one that clicked on the YouTube button. Right <laughs>
0: And also, uh, our Patreon is actually doing all right. Thank you so much for supporting that. If you're a part of the Touchdown tier, you get early access to every episode.
1: And so you can ruin your week way earlier than everybody else.
0: Are these these the the founding fathers? Of, uh, the two and out Patreon, Randy, Mark, Brad and Steve. Thank you so much for being the first to become patrons of the two and out CFL podcast. But here we are to talk week one. And it started with the BC Lions beating the Calgary Stampeders 25 15. And it started with a BC Lions offense starting as on fire as they did in 2022. Vernon Adams mm-hmm. Jr was a perfect 9 for 9 on BC's opening drive. Finds Dominic Rhymes in the end zone and then what they did another touchdown drive to start the second quarter. They were on absolute fire to start the game Dominic Rhymes with two touchdown receptions early I, I've always thought that Vernon Adams Jr. had MOP talent. Look, I know mm-hmm. it's week one, but maybe there's a chance here that uh, he has himself a big, big season, especially in a place that's pretty tough to win in McMahon
1: Stadium. Well, and you look at the the weapons that he has around him with guys like Dominique Grimes and Lucky Whitehead, uh, Mizell, kind of out of nowhere like he got in one game last year I think or he dressed for one game last year he put up pretty decent numbers uh you know to go into McMahon it kind of was everybody's bugaboo just because Calgary was so good it's a different team now it is that, yep. that yep. is for sure and Paradis was not Rene Paradis yesterday or on uh Thursday night and he missed his first two field goal attempts yeah yeah <laughs> so that that also adds to it a bit, but for them to go in and get a win week one in Calgary where it can be so tough to win, uh, that, that's a huge step forward. Uh you know, and we I don't know if worry is the word, but we were maybe wondering what was gonna what it was gonna be like without Nathan Rourke there. But I think, you know, a full camp with Vernon Adams and him getting the reins, much like he did in Montreal, it just you know, it just I don't think the worry is there. I think they're bona fide you know, they, they should be hosting a playoff game uh, come the fall.
0: Yeah, yeah I think classic overreaction theater after week one. Uh, yeah, Calgary's done. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're not making the playoffs. They're yeah. fifth in the West and uh, all this sort of stuff. But last year, uh, they went to Calgary twice and actually won twice. Uh, very close games. Uh, 41 40 in August, 31 29 in overtime in September. So, I mean, obviously, very close games. But even looking in the preseason, Vernon Adams Jr. was putting completions together, completion after completion mm-hmm. after completion. And in this one, looking is picking right where he left off in the preseason. And he seemed like a guy that has wanted to play in BC for a long, long time. His home is close to there. He had 27 of 35 for 288 yards. The two touchdowns did come early, uh, the one interception, and he added 35 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. So <laughs> a great game for him. And Dominic Rhymes, 8 of 13, 118 yards, two touchdowns, uh, 30 fantasy points there. Alex Hollins, 6 for 6. 85 yards here. Now he comes in here. Uh, Keon Hatcher wasn't dressed in this game. Hollins might be a guy to look for in mm-hmm. the early goings of this season. He had a nice game here quietly.
1: Well, and you know shows the chemistry that he has with Burnham's Junior, which they obviously probably worked on in camp. And I think you mentioned like Burnham, or you mentioned that he wants to play in BC, and they've got all the, and, and they do have all these weapons goes into camp he has a decent camp like you said i don't think that there was ever a threat of dane evans taking that job away from him no so he can treat training camp as it's not a competition he can treat it as getting into uh a flow with his offense and his weapons and start you know getting this offense rolling and get it started early you know usually this first week or two especially when we only play two games and a lot of vets won't play one of them Mm-hmm. These first two weeks are pretty rough for some teams, and we saw it in a couple games.
0: We did, but we did.
1: He, they they are off on 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 their on their best foot forward right now, and it's crazy. And a guy like Hollins, it's going to be one of those you have to watch a depth chart because I, Keon Hatcher is not going to lose his job. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think, uh, but I mean, that just shows the depth they have at that position.
0: And just might be less targets to go around mm-hmm. when he's on the field. Uh, Calgary did have opportunities to get back into the game Cameron Judge had an interception uh, that uh, set up a field goal right before halftime it's 13-3 BC at that point and later in the third TJ Lee picks off Jake Mayer <laughs> and then the veteran hey, tries to do the old lateral most of the times those end up flag football style <laughs> In a bit of a disaster. And that's what happened here. He attempted the lateral to Gary Peters fumbled it. Calgary knocks it out of the bound out of bounds. and gets the ball back. So at that point, it's only 14-6 Lions. The the Stampeders did have an opportunity to get back into this game, but the offense didn't really do all that much to inspire. Jake Mayer, 20 of 36, 166 yards, of TD, and a pick. And It doesn't help that Kadeem Carey left the game early. Mm-hmm. He was a bit banged up. He only had seven rushes for 39 yards, maybe the best running back in the CFL. Good, good thing they early. didn't
1: start him. Yeah, yeah, what, what happened there? Uh, so, oh, I, I don't know. It's called manipulation of the rule book. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, is that the old designated American thing where if you don't start, yeah, <laughs> you knew that they were just gonna find loopholes
1: right Two away. Teams did it? Two teams did it, and like when they released their depth charts, I think Danny Austin pointed it out once, and I can't remember who. I think it was the BC game. They threw it out so fast, and were like this is what teams are gonna do. This rule is not going to work.
0: Yeah.
1: Because now Peyton Logan can play 23 snaps for whoever. <laughs> well, it's what coaches do, right? Yeah. They, look they, at the NHL overtime. It sucks now. Yeah. In regular season. Yeah.
0: They, they just look for ways to – uh Mm-hmm. Uh, beat the rules, and that's why they're constantly evolving. It's <laughs> Like me on the golf
1: course with my foot wedge. I'll, I'll be a scratch in no time. <laughs>
0: Trey Odom's Dukes, though, a, a nice game for him. That's a pretty bright spot, I think, for Calgary. Yeah. A big, big receiver, seven catches on 10 targets, 75 yards and a touchdown. Reggie Bagleton, six catches on nine targets. Nice with uh 42 yards there but the calgary Stampede offense and I, I think the elephant is the in the room is moving on from bo by mitchell the uh, there's no
1: safety net there now yeah <laughs> and,
0: and and i mean calgary fans might feel a little bit better since they went into winnipeg bow and the tie cats and lost but
1: <laughs> yeah but they almost
0: mounted the, they almost got the comeback they did so <laughs> they did they totally did uh, we'll see where the Stampeders go from here. But the Lions, again, week one, classic overreaction. Same Peter. thing
1: happened last year. Yeah, that's true. With a huge overreaction.
0: That's true. And well, who knows? However
1: warranted. But
0: What happens if Rourke doesn't get hurt? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe things last year are a little bit different. But that's part of the game. And uh, staying healthy is a part... Of the sport. And right now, if uh, we're looking at the BC Lions, right now it's BC and Winnipeg on top of the West, which is what happened last year. And sometimes we um, can... You're
1: forgetting a team that's tied for first in the West.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to talk about overreaction later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it started that way last year, too. Uh, but I
1: told you all you were wrong. And I was right. And it turned out after seven weeks, I was extremely right.
0: <laughs> it's kind of easy to just look at all of the changes in the off season and analyzing them. But the, the fact is it just takes time mm-hmm. for these changes to really gel. They can only do yeah. so much. And I think Vernon Adams be-
1: being traded to BC last season gave him that leg up.
0: 100% only one team has the same starting quarterback from week That's, one
1: last year. And it's, that Winnipeg. is wild. That is wild.
0: But Vernon Adams was in there. Yeah. Uh, BC as the season ended. And I guess our buckle was in Ottawa as the season ended, but changes all
1: over the yeah, league. Cause that mattered.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it totally did matter. Matter. I think Taquan Mizell, uh, 12 carries for 81 yards, 12 fantasy points for him. He had adding the, uh, Three catches on three targets as well. I think as the season goes on, he's going to be a guy in my lineup early and often. Mm -hmm. I I know that the pricing structure of the whole game has changed uh, and the whole game is entirely different now, Uh, but he was in my lineup and I was in the I'm in a couple different leagues. And I did all right. I, I won the uh, fantasy matchup with Stephanie of the Ghost Stamps Go podcast, so I'm pretty happy about that. And then the CFL fans fight cancer fantasy league. Hey, big money at the end of the season. Uh, donations along the way, and I was like third or fourth this week. So I'm doing okay. Normally I start terrible. <laughs> and then... And then get better as the season goes on. But my lineup did all right, I, and big part. I was asked. Was there.
1: I was asked for fantasy advice. Absolutely, Seward, who asked me for it.
0: <laughs> who did?
1: Well, not me. No, it wasn't you.
0: <laughs> she knows who she is. <laughs> she knows who she is. <laughs> I love it. So hey, let's watch some of those. I think. One of the things that I look for early in the year is those secondary guys or the guys that are new to starting Mm lineups. And last year, you know, was a Dalton Schoen who was so cheap until the very end of the year. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that they'll uh, be on those prices early and cranking them up as the season
1: starts. Just fix something that ain't broke. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Friday Night Football, Winnipeg beats Hamilton 43-31. But there were points in this game where it looked a lot uglier than that, Tie. It was 32-4 Winnipeg at one point. It just got off to a hot start, plays all over the field. And actually, Hamilton scored first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A big return return, uh, to midfield to open the game. They had to settle for a field goal, but from then on, it was really just Winnipeg doing what they do, and it's without Kenny Lawler, who is facing some immigration issues right now, but once he gets into the lineup, they're going to be even better, Ty.
1: Yeah, and at this point, I don't know who you take out of that lineup to get Kenny Lawler in.
0: It's probably Carlton Agad Chris Aguedosi. Hey, but I yeah, but saying. he had
1: a hell of a game. He did. He is a big like man. He is a big man. Somebody, somebody is going to be up in that or while on the sidelines in civvies who would be arguably starting for eight other teams. Mm-hmm. That's That's very which, true. Which is a very good problem to have if you're Winnipeg. And, I mean, I'm sure they're over the cap, and I'm sure nobody really cares. <laughs> Because four other teams are going to be by the end of the year anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's how it works in and, CFL.
0: And uh, both of them will probably be in the championship game in Guaranteed. Hammer, but that's Guaranteed. okay. Now, last year, Nick Dembski had himself 10 touchdowns in a bit of a shortened season. He missed a few games. Well, he I'd say he's ahead of that pace already, Ty. He... <laughs> <laughs> had himself a couple scores in this one. Big
1: big numbers guy.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was pretty happy because I had uh, Dembski and Kolaris in my lineup. I selected Demsky as my captain, so it doubled his points in the game, the way it's working this year. And Nick Dembski looking good. Without Kenny Lawler in the lineup, he mm-hmm. went six catches, seven targets, 113 yards, and a touchdown. But... Rashid Bailey also had a touchdown. Drew Wolitarski also had a touchdown. Dalton Schoen had 60 yards. They were slinging the ball all over mm-hmm. the place early and often, and Hamilton getting back into the game is part of that. Winnipeg getting complacent and taking the foot off the gas a little bit.
1: That and, uh, you know, just you can't take away credit from Hamilton's defense. Like, in that second half, right. I thought they played really well. I mean, you have the special teams—you have a strip fumble, a strip sack, and a punt block both returned for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So the defense and special teams were definitely going, and then that that momentum carried over into the offense. They just didn't—they just ran out of time. But I mean, the way that game started, like I didn't feel bad about going out to a friend's house because I got there and I looked at the score. I'm like, I'm not missing anything that I can't get off of off of the play-by-play off the stat sheet. And then at the end of the night, I was like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. to watch this before the Ryder game now.
0: Yeah, uh, points were scored all over the field. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned it. It's in the third quarter, uh, 32-4 Winnipeg. (laughs) Hamilton blocks the uh, punt. Bayless recovers it in the end zone. And then all of a sudden, things, I guess, a little bit interesting. Then there's a Tim White touchdown from Bo Mitchell. It was an 83-yard drive. Two scores back now. But then this was classic Winnipeg, just as Hamilton is starting to gain a little bit of momentum. They're down two scores. Lots of time in the Canadian Football League. Winnipeg engineers a drive, and there it is, a three-yard touchdown from Brady Oliveira. It's 39-17, Bombers, to start the fourth. And then you mentioned it. Ted Laurent, who we had Josh Smith on the East preview, says he looks like a completely different guy mm-hmm. out there. He's a man on a mission. He has the strip sack. Former public enemy number one in Hamilton, Chris Edwards.
1: In Hamilton, in Edmonton, in Calgary, <laughs> Saskatchewan, this podcast.
0: <laughs> I, I kind of want to see a guy get announced as the starting lineup for his own team and
1: get Booed. Booed. Was <laughs> he Kirk Minahan?
0: <laughs> well, he recovers it and uh, he scores two point conversion fails. Now Hamilton within sixteen. Gen- then Genarian Grant of all
1: people, the very next play. This is like, the way that this fourth quarter started was wild. It was. It
0: Absolutely was wild. He fumbles it. Linebacker Fraser Sopik returns, recovers the fumble. It gets down to the Winnipeg, two, And then we've got a James Butler rushing touchdown. 39-31, Winnipeg-Hamilton within one score and the two-point conversion. Well, and then uh, the Bombers kind of sealed the deal there. They did add a field goal later on. Uh, Bo Mitchell gets sacked on third down to Turn the ball back over on downs, and the the game's over. Bombers win by twelve, <laughs> but it was not a traditional win like, by two score game. It,
1: it feels <laughs> like a backdoor cover. Yeah, but the way it started, it was like, oh, I don't like this. This bet is safe. It was not.
0: Well, and that's it. That's kind of what I mentioned before with uh, all the changes made in the off season for Hamilton. It's like, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to gel in week one. And here we are with Winnipeg. Not all needed was
1: a, All they needed changes. was a half. Yeah, that's
0: it. That's all they needed was a half. And I think that goes to last year too. I think that's part of the danger of picking Kolaros as your quarterback. You pay a lot of money. And sometimes they just smash teams and then they don't do much the rest of the way. If you can get a team that can keep up with them, that's probably good. (laughs) But a lot of times you get the guys coming in and rushing it in and punching it in from the two. And Kalaris really isn't in that package. But uh, Winnipeg uh, and Hamilton, it got really interesting as the... A game progressed because it looked like it was not going to be an interesting game. Could it be a great Cup preview again? It could be. It very well could be. And if they're going to be scoring 73 points in November at Tim Hortons Field, I'm okay with that too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at that East right now. We haven't seen Chad Kelly get a full game yet. Exactly. But I yeah. just don't see a team in the East keeping up with Hamilton.
0: That'll be an interesting one. Hamilton in Toronto as uh, Toronto's home opener happens here in week two. Uh, maybe Winnipeg are going to be fantasy monsters again. Brady Oliveira had 24.4 points. Kolaris had over 26 himself. As far as Hamilton goes, uh, oh, yes. Tim White, the biggest one, yes. and him and Bo, maybe they got to figure out some chemistry here. Four catches, 10 targets, 71 yards, and a touchdown, but credit to some of those DBs on the Bombers, including Demario Mm -hmm. Houston, who had himself a nice game. Two interceptions, I think. And a
1: fumble Uh, recovery, I believe. Yeah,
0: he had himself a big game, and uh, even some newcomers, like Evan Holm had himself Mm -hmm. a good game as well. So those Winnipeg DBs,
1: Taylor, Taylor Loeffler two
0: <laughs> Early in the season, uh, giving uh, Bo Mitchell and the Ticats Cats some fits here. I mean,
1: Bo Levi Mitchell going seventeen of thirty three for two hundred yards. You, that's not going to carry on throughout the right. year. Like exactly. barely over, we'll call it fifty percent. Like that, that that those are not numbers that you need to worry about yet. If that happens four weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, we can start talking about it.
0: What's fascinating here is the time of possession. Uh, (laughs) Hamilton had the ball for over 35 minutes.
1: Normally you don't see that. No, but I mean, when Winnipeg scored, it was chunk plays. Like, they didn't – it wasn't seven-minute drives. It wasn't six-minute drives. It was three minutes, and they were putting seven up.
0: And then look at the penalties. Hamilton, 17 for 140 yards. They had a hundred and three more yards in penalties than the bombers.
1: Is Jason it, Moss secretly coaching Hamilton? <laughs> an entire football field.
0: More was,
1: yeah. Well, well, goal line to goal line more. Yeah.
0: Was was given to the 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 bombers in penalties and that's not gonna that's, win you games. Bottom line. No. No
1: bottom it's, line. That's too much to overcome, especially with a team like that. You can't you can't do that. Um we kind of saw it in the BC Calgary game when Vernon Adams got hit and he was on the ground and he got upset because somebody came to his defense mm. because it takes away the yards. Those are free yards. You got to take them. But at the same time, if nobody steps in, you get pissed because nobody's got your back. So, yeah. you know, penalties like that, I get, but yeah, when you're giving up 140 yards and penalties, that's, that's they're lucky to only lose by twelve.
0: Well, and then you had number ninety-four Diallo. He almost went for like the Otis, uh, uh, the 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 caterpillar in WWE. Like he went for the the splash. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't see that much in uh, in football. No. <laughs> and early in the game, Hamilton was really struggling on second down. They ended up finishing 7 for 18, 39%, but early in the game, a yeah. lot worse than that. Winnipeg converting nearly 60% of their second down plays. So that's what they do. That's mm-hmm. how they win, and that's how they are 1-0 and early in and, this and season.
1: When you have a guy like Brady Olivera, putting up the numbers he did that second, those second downs were really easy. Yeah. And, and exactly. you know, you can get Nick Dembski out of the backfield on an end around and stuff like that. Yep. Just They, they don't, they, they keep their second downs and like, even when they go for on third down, it's usually not a stretch. Like, it's pretty manageable. Like they just kind of plot and they take their shots. Yeah, they do. But I mean, they're not, they're not Cody Fajardo thrown into double coverage, trying to get, you know, 35 yards when you need four.
0: Yeah, and look at that segue. Uh, the the ugly say? the ugly one in Montreal. Well, there was a couple well, of uglier ones yeah, uh, all season, or the weekend, I should say. Yeah. Uh, Montreal did beat Ottawa nineteen to twelve. Now, Cody Fajardo started the game with a beautiful long ball, sixty one yards to Austin Mack to get down to the Ottawa three cliffy D pine of the Alouette's flight deck came on the show. And he said, a name you're going to want to watch this year is Austin Mack. And he made an impact early Four catches, six targets, 120 yards. But I think the thing is, I remember a lot of the talk in Saskatchewan with Fajardo in 2022 was the deep ball. What's going on there. Give me a receiver that will uh, get that 50, 50 ball. Well, it was a beautiful throw, and he made it happen. Mm-hmm. And that was about the only thing that the Montreal offense did
1: make happen
0: until late in the game when yeah. uh, they could get the running game going with uh, William Stanback.
1: Well, I mean, Kion Julian Grant gets that 51-yarder. Yep. Settle for a field goal. Like They get these big chunks, and they just, other than that Fajardo uh, touchdown run, they just didn't seem to have much else. Mm-hmm. Um team that just kind of seemed out of sorts O-line was a little iffy at times It kind of looked like fajardo was like oh not this again uh,
0: <laughs> he's getting hammered again Malden late yeah. in the game at the just... same
1: time at the same time you have Nick Arbuckle on the other side of the ball so I don't know how worried you have to be you can put up 19 points and win a football game yeah like uh, do you think Ottawa <laughs> fans right now are kind of wishing they had Dom Davis
0: I don't know. Let's not get let's not get crazy.
1: Time <laughs> it's early. It's early. Week one. Week one. <laughs> uh,
0: so I, I, one of the craziest sequences in this game was in in the first half. Chandler Worthy r- returns a punt to the house, mm-hmm. and it turns out Montreal was offside. So Ottawa has another chance <laughs> to make it right. Bad snap. Montreal gets the ball deep in Ottawa territory, and Ottawa's defense still forced them to take the kick. To, 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 th- there was no touchdown there. Yeah. Uh, Cote ended up kicking, I think, the 30-yarder there on, on that drive. Mm-hmm. So Ottawa's defense, other than the one drive where they gave up that 60-yard completion to Austin Mack, they did well. They, they limited what Montreal wanted to do. They were sacking Cody Fajardo left and right. I don't know if he wants to set that record again last year for yeah. the most sacks in a single season. Uh, William Stanback was very limited throughout the game until the end. And when they got him going, it's just a matter of time before the clock is your enemy, CFL rules or not, and Ottawa just could not get anything going.
1: You you can't throw three picks and no, no touchdowns. No, that that that's not going to work for you. It, I, I, there, what else do you say about Ottawa right now? Like, without Jeremiah Masoli, I don't think this team is going to go anywhere. And he's not going to play next week, so we'll have to wait and see. But you know, guys like they have Jalen Acklin, they have Devonte Williams, they have Nate Bear, Nate Bahar, and Quanberry. Like they have guys there. They do. They they definitely have guys, that, but it. I don't know if Nick Arbuckle is just destined to be a backup, and that's that, or what it is, because he did not look good. Like nineteen of thirty-five, three picks, no touchdowns, two point five fantasy points. I think we're in for another long year in the nation's capital.
0: And that's, uh, I think they're sick of hearing that, but uh, that that's what it looks like on week one. And if Jeremiah Masoli, hopefully he's himself when he comes back, that's mm-hmm. another thing. Is he going to be the yeah. same guy? Is he going to be performing to the level we've become accustomed to?
1: We don't well, know the fact that, that either. Yeah, the fact that he didn't—I don't—did he even get reps in preseason?
0: Nope.
1: So and he wasn't, and he not, not playing the first two weeks—that makes me worry.
0: It does. I agree. Now, I guess it's a positive with Ottawa's defense. William Standback had two point six yards a carry. Yeah, sixteen for forty-two. So Jason Moss committing to the run
1: which is wild
0: <laughs> staying with the run. And I know it didn't count as a run, but they gave Stanback the ball in behind the line of scrimmage as a catch later in the game. Mm-hmm. He had a 29 yard gain. He had an 18 yeah. yard gain on the ground. So it ended up breaking through and it ended up being a, a, a reason that Ottawa really couldn't get the ball back. So you could say Cody Fajardo managed to win the game. <laughs>
1: I I think Nick Arbuckle threw it away. Mm-hmm. I, like I, it's just the three picks just stand out to me like a sore thumb right now. Yeah. I, I can't and I mean but they were never out of it. Like they lost nope. by seven points. No. Nope. Uh you know, that, that Cote field goal with a minute three seconds left kinda oh they didn't put the nail in the coffin because they were gonna need a touchdown anyway. hmm But you know, if he doesn't make that, and they get, they can get a return out of the end zone and, and have that chance. But yeah, was, your quarterback does that; it's really, really tough.
0: Shout out to the kickers—they were perfect on the night. Lewis Ward and David Cote both go four for four, so
1: <laughs> good for them. Uh- <laughs> and yet, neither one of them got carried off the field. No, what's there that about shoulders? No, thank God.
0: And this one actually counted.
1: Hey, I think Cote. Hey, Maybe because the that. veterans were out there, and they're like, "Hey, let's not do anything stupid." <laughs>
0: they got the win in Montreal, and uh, that's what counts. They've got a leg up on the Ottawa Red Blacks. Timeout. What's going on? I have to pee.
1: <laughs> I've drank three and a half liters of water.
0: <laughs> so what do we do here? Do I just keep you company while he goes? Should we listen for the water to see if he washes his hands? I'm totally not going to edit any of this out. But Avery Williams making his Montreal Alouettes debut. Eight tackles on the game. Good for him. Ciantae Evans, he had himself a knockdown in the end zone, breaking up a touchdown to Jalen Acklin. Credit to him. He had himself two interceptions as well. Uh, Najee Murray, the other interception for the Alouettes, so the defense caused them problems all over the place. Ty, I didn't uh stop talking now you've got your earbuds in did you bother washing your hands?
1: It's my house no well I not I'll wash my hands before I eat. <laughs> If I piss in a urinal, yeah, I'm going to wash my hands because you get the splash back.
0: Yeah, I get it.
1: I get but it was it. no different than wiping my face off with sweat. <laughs> Let's move on to I'm the last. game.
0: The last game of the week. Guaranteed win night in Edmonton. And it wasn't to be. The losing streak continues.
1: I love how somebody on Twitter said, yep. Well, it might be guaranteed. It's it's definitely guaranteed win night. Maybe just not for the because somebody has to win this game. And every time somebody says that, I just want to tweet back at them. No, they can literally tie. Like, does nobody <laughs> know the rules? <laughs>
0: what would happen with the tickets then if there was a tie? Would Elks fans celebrate
1: <laughs> I a you tie? To. You have to, <laughs> but you didn't. You didn't win, so those tickets it'd be yeah. You're going to the next game.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's 18 home losses in a row as the Riders come in and win 17-13. And really, the only touchdown drive here was Edmonton helping Saskatchewan along with penalties the whole way down the field. Well, and the big play from Geno Lewis that the Elks uh, had a 102-yard touchdown to him. But (laughs) that flag... (laughs) Aided drive for the Riders. There was unnecessary roughness flag on uh, Mario Alford. It's one of those ticky tack ones, but that's the way it goes on the punt return. The Riders start on the Elks' thirty. Then there is a pass interference. Trevor Harris hits Darrell Walker in his return to Commonwealth Stadium in his seven nothing sass. So
1: if iffy pass interference I about, too. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that call. Well. Well, Simone got called for it. He never even touched Dalton Jones. So okay, what happened to, that there? That was either a completely blown call or they called it on the wrong defender.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, I watched that too. But I,
1: I'm leaning towards total blown call.
0: Now, then the then the Elks, they have a play, 59-yard drive. Uh, they settled for a field goal there. Now, what happened here is that the Elks early on I, I, I texted you. Are they paying Gino Lewis by the target? Target?
1: <laughs> because. And I was surprised cause you never text me during games when you're at them. Right, right. <laughs> so I was, was like, it? did they not go?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was there. I was there. <laughs> uh, five catches on nine targets, 148 yards. So I guess you could look at it the rest of the way was four catches for 46 yards because mm-hmm. there was the one 102 your touchdown reception now Nick Marshall broke up a big play to Geno Lewis and then the defender on the big touchdown that is just Geno being Geno and a perfect throw how do you Dave, he,
1: <laughs> Davis Sanchez says he played it wrong and the minute he said oh. that I got up and left the room <laughs> I'm like I don't need to hear this
0: Gino just high pointed the thing and just really took it away from him. That's Yeah.
1: It, he doesn't believe in 50-50 balls, it's
0: 90-10. Mhm.
1: And he he went up and got it like, like I don't know what that defender is supposed to do. And, you know, yeah, I, there's 5 yards of room between him and the sideline, whatever. Yeah. Like it's I I Gino Lewis is just too big, too fast, too strong. Like, he's going to win that battle 90% of the time.
0: Unfortunately, the rest of the way, Taylor Cornelius, thirteen to twenty-five, fifty-two completion percentage, uh, two hundred and two yards. So over half of his yards were on one
1: play. Yeah, <laughs>
0: two picks and the the aforementioned touchdown.
1: While well, while we're on the while you mentioned flags.
0: Oh, <laughs> so. Jake Ceresna sacks Trevor Harris, does the somersault right into the
1: ref, who was Tim Groker, of all people.
0: <laughs> he d- for the ref's credit, he dusted himself off. He got up. It looked like
1: it was uh, the sort camera of caught a- him looking at the one of the other officials and saying, "No, it's not a penalty." But I think somebody got in his ear and they're like, "You have to call that because we're going black and white." Okay any contact but now now it's a dangerous precedent you're setting with incidental contact because obviously there's no malice in it yeah but if i'm cut if i'm a if i'm a defender or receiver cutting across the middle and i run into a guy do i have to worry about a flag now but did he but
0: need to, to do the somersault? I think that's different than a football play.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, it was a celebration. It wasn't a football play. So uh, I, that would probably be the different. That would be the different. I can't
0: practice. think of another time I've seen a player really celebrate
1: and bowl over. A rat. <laughs> like If
0: it's number 94, it, it probably has happened. And I'm sure two and out. Uh, Every time like,
1: I think of people getting hurt celebrations, <laughs> it's the spike into the nuts yeah <laughs> the all-time classic yeah
0: but 94 suresna you, you're a big boy you got to know what's on the other end of that somersault if, yeah it, it his madden
1: awareness rating because a huge side <laughs> like if if
0: he hit his knee wrong that would end it up poorly it ended up yeah. poorly. so i mean glad the official's okay and it didn't result in a first down so that wow. was i'm glad that that because that would have been rough. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
1: That would have been a hell of a way to get it, get a first down there. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, it was just, what, I think a punt the next play or something yeah. like that. But uh, later in the second, Trevor Harris leading the Riders on a 103-yard touchdown. It, it was 106
1: oh, no. at one point. Oh, and sorry. Then, the drive. And then, yeah, 103-yard drive because it wasn't 106. And then Nixon got tackled for a (laughs) loss.
0: So the Riders settling for a field goal there. It's 10-10 at this point. That was not the biggest goal line stand of the game. That would come later on for the the Elks, who got to the one-yard line on a pass interference. Okay, the Riders benefited from a P.I. earlier in the game. Here are the Elks benefiting from a P.I. They get it to the Saskatchewan 1 while they are trailing by 4. Got about 7 minutes here left in the game. Elks give the ball to Kai Loxley 3 times on the goal line. On the 1, I guess you should say. And could not get it into the end zone. I know rewind Chris a Jones. little bit? Sure, rewind, sure.
1: With, like, with 7.20 left, they're at the 43 and opt to punt instead of trying a 50-yard field goal. Now, it works out because Miles N- Niles Morgan picks off Trevor Harris, and that's what leads to the DPI and everything. Yeah, yeah. But do you try a 50-yarder? Or do you punt and flip field position? But then when you get down there after the first two times are stuffed the second down was the, the safety filling that hole like that's the that was so fast it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I kicked the field goal. Down by 1. Cuz if if you get stuffed you still got to get a touchdown. This yeah. way you can, you know, hopefully your defense can make a stop. They didn't. But they are going to have you're going to play defense anyway. Why not have that Option being down by one, then you don't have to go on another touchdown drive. Mm-hmm. If you do make the stop,
0: I think maybe there's some fear of uh, Mario Alford. If you miss the long field goal, the 50 yarder, yeah. Uh, Alford's back there. He did hit them with a big return to start the second half that the Riders got one point on, the Rouge, after missing uh, a field goal there. But when you're, and I know Chris Jones will say, if, and this happened in Edmonton in overtime don't, when Jones was.
1: Don't. <laughs> the, you were so mad. And I was right. I don't care what Derek Taylor stats say, you kicked that field goal.
0: <laughs> I, I know Jones will say, if you can't get the one yard, you don't deserve to win. And. But there was so much time left. Would you rather have left. three
1: points or one yard?
0: Yeah. There was so much time left
1: that. They had four minutes and 11 seconds after that. Levi's yeah, there day. was.
0: There was. The riders
1: killed off four minutes and nine seconds of it. And, and
0: I think that was the impressive part for the riders that, that last drive there, the Elks knew what was coming mm-hmm. and they couldn't stop, couldn't stop it. it. And. I I don't know if that is something we saw from the Riders at all last year. Like, even Trevor Harris had a 19-yard carry. But Jamal Morrow, yeah, 5.7 yards a carry, 14 carries, 80 yards. Frankie Hickson had 6 for 19 there. But at the end of the game, when you can't stop a single thing, uh, that is demoralizing for a defense and for a team and that was the game, period.
1: Yeah. And the Elks And then just th- to just to top it off, the defense gets their fifth sack to end the game on Cornelius and just takes yeah. all Hope away. Yeah. Well and well, too at the end of the quarter, like I know it didn't hurt or at the end of the first half, I know it didn't hurt anything. But like the Dahlke pick or mm, Dahlke pick yeah, there yeah. on on a ball that You don't need to throw that. Like, Just kneel it out.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, Trevor Harris, he's in for the last rough rider play from scrimmage and kind of looks like he's just kind of running around trying to kill the clock. Well, he ends up taking a shot and he gets hurt and he looks like he was in some pretty major pain on the field. We don't know what his status is for week two. He,
1: he was walking fine both game Okay. I'm not worried. I think that was a huge bump to take. Yeah. And he was launched. And he yeah. landed right on, right on like his hip, back, everything. So that, probably, it hurts. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's anything to worry about. But like, why do that?
0: Like, That's exactly it.
1: Yeah. Like, give the ball to Hickson or Jamal Morrow. Yeah, you're not going to get a first down, but you don't need one. You're going to kill a bit more time. They're still only going to have time for one play anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the stuff like that that makes me just wonder what the hell is going through Craig Dickinson's head on the sideline.
0: The Elks really limited what the Riders could do, but uh, the offense couldn't capitalize at all. And maybe the same goes for the Rider defense. Uh, they... they were flying. Yeah, they they gave the Elks some problems as well. So probably credit to both defenses here and Chris Jones' squad and Jason Shiver's squad. But here we go. The the Bombers are coming to Regina for Saskatchewan's home opener. So they do want Trevor Harris to be Mm -hmm. uh, um, fired up or healthy as he can be because that's always a tough win, obviously. But on the other side, you look at the Elks. They're going to Vancouver. They've got the lower bowl full. LL Cool J is opening the game. The I know I said the Elks could be in contention for a home opener. It's a long season, but week two, it, it looks like they could be uh, staring oh, in a 0-2 hole already. And then guaranteed win night continues uh, against Toronto, the reigning Grey Cup champions coming Raining. to town. Those, <laughs> those fans that had those special tickets for the Rough Rider game now get to go watch the Argo game. There were 32,000 people announced in the stands at Commonwealth. It was one of the best atmospheres I think we've seen there in a while. Mm-hmm. They said that that was actually the, the most well-attended home opener in Edmonton since 2013. Which is pretty surprising to me.
1: It also helps that the riders were in town.
0: It does help that. That does help a lot. We'll, we'll see if there is a big hit when Toronto's in town. Yeah. I did see an Argo fan in the stands. So.
1: Well, so the whole fan base was there. So unicorns but, are real. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they live in Banff. <laughs> uh, and, and, but like, <laughs> talking about attendance for home openers in Edmonton, I think you have Saskatchewan or Calgary there. You can get those fan bases yep. travel. Yeah. So I, I think that has a little bit to do with it. But, I mean, the guaranteed win night and those tickets, I think, definitely help boost it up.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And kind of laying that egg, three points in the second half from Edmonton. That's Not tough. a great look. No, not they a great look. They need to go to Vancouver and have a better game, bottom line. Good luck. Good, good luck. Who are the fantasy leaders uh, in week one, tie?
1: Uh, no surprise here, Zach Kalaros led the way with quarterbacks at 26.6. Fernandes Jr. is only 1.1 behind him at 25.5. Okay. And, uh, and Fajardo uh, was 17.5. He rounds out the top three. Wow! Uh, as, yeah, as for running backs, <laughs> Oliveira ran away with it at 24.4. Butler, 14.9. And William, actually, Butler hit his exact projected stats that they do oh. on the, on the uh, website. Well done. Uh, Stanback, Mizell, and Kevin Brown rounded out the top five. And then as for wide receivers, Dominic Rimes at 30, Gino Lewis 25-8, Nick Dembski, Dukes, and White. And then defense, uh, Saskatchewan put up 13. Nice. Led the way this week, and Winnipeg put up 12, Montreal 11. Uh, Hamilton was dead last with three points.
0: Three points. There it they is. Had,
1: they had four fumble recoveries.
0: <laughs> All because of uh, Winnipeg putting up those points, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is uh, week one in the 2023 CFL season. You can rate, review, and subscribe to uh, Tune Out on your favorite podcatcher. Hey, leave a comment on YouTube as well. We'll talk to you on there, and you can support to and Out on Patreon as well. We'll be yeah, back Mom. later this week <laughs> to get you ready for week two of the 2023 CFL season. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.